I was worried it was getting a little dodgy in the middle part, but then that finale. <laughs> wow! Hello and welcome to a special episode of Two for One. I'm Claire. And I'm David. Yes, today a very special episode. This is not part of our regular series. We're not going to be comparing two movies. We're actually going to talk about something completely different. So, uh, Claire, question for you. Yes? When we tell people about our podcast and what mm -hmm. we're trying to do, what do, they, what do they immediately ask us? They either ask us or they will make an assumption that we are covering the Disney live-action remakes. They will say, oh, yeah, like, uh, like how they're doing that new Aladdin movie or the yeah. new Little Mermaid. It's like, well, actually, no. <laughs> Yeah, you know? like, actually, we don't want to do those, and yeah. that's not something that we're doing, or interested in doing, or inspired by. Which is way. not to say that we're not interested in watching those movies, or that we've never enjoyed them. You know, I know there's a lot of hate out there for them, um, and some love, but it's just not what we envisioned when we came up with this podcast. Yeah, so I think we just, you know, we thought it would be fun to have a podcast about why we're not talking about this on our podcast, yeah. which may seem a little uh, <laughs> silly or um, nonsensical or even contradictory, but uh, we just thought it would be a little fun to do. So Yeah, and if, uh, if for some reason you've been wanting us to discuss one of those movies, stay tuned, because at the end we will talk about some of the ones we have seen and our thoughts on, on those. Yeah. So why don't we just get started with, uh, you know, why, why, I guess, Claire, why don't you think that this is something that fits in with what we're trying to do? I think a big part of it is that there are so many of them that it would be very repetitive. They're, like we're doing now, they're easier to talk about as a group, really, rather than each one. I mm -hmm. think there's different ways that they've come off some have been better than others but it would just be a lot of the same thing if all we were doing was mm -hmm. talking about all of these disney movies i agree and uh they're all being made by the same company so mm -hmm. and a lot of times the same people are doing it like i think john favreau uh did both the jungle book and the lion king remakes very did... stylistically similar yeah yeah, he did Iron Man and was involved in Marvel, and then before that did, you know, his own thing. But yeah, I mean, even without the same director, it's a lot of the same people behind these, and there's not a lot to <laughs> distinguish them, and they are, I don't want to say, like, none of them have individual qualities that, that stand out, because I think they do, but they are very corporate, and they're very much especially the remakes, are very much products of the same the same engine. You know what I mean? I do, yeah. Um, on top of that, I don't think there's much to discuss with these, partially because they are, you know, the same engine. Well, partially because they're, they're being produced for the same purpose, and I think partially because uh, they sort of comment on themselves. There's not much to discuss about them, only because there's already been so much said about them. Like, there's countless 
comparisons online of what was changed from the animated version to the live action version or evaluating what was good about it, what was bad about it. Lots of already like dialogue out there about those movies because Disney is such a big company because mm -hmm. these movies get so much you know, like attention. The most popular movies in the world. Yeah, so yeah. there's not much that I think we have to contribute to the discussion. Mm -hmm. You know, not that there's nothing to say, but just that you know, it's being said already. Yeah. Meanwhile, even... I didn't know there was an Ocean's Eleven made in 1960. <laughs> that was fun to, to get yeah. into. Nobody knew or wanted to know about the two <laughs> Beowulf movies we discussed. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's all, uh, I think that's all pretty correct. And even when, you know, um, the trailer drops for the new movie, like right now we're, we're still a few months out from Little Mermaid as of this recording. But mm -hmm. as soon as the trailer drops, like, Everybody's already talking about it, talking about like what they changed, you know, and, and what this is trying to be, how tonally it might be different. There's just so much dialogue that, yeah. you know, for, for, for every little thing. And I think Disney fans, of which I think we are, we, oh, yeah. are, we are a part. I know Disney adult is now like a term. Yeah. And I think you and I dabble, you know. <laughs> yeah. We know some... Full-fledged Disney adults. I don't think, I don't that, think we can yeah. wear that label. <laughs> I don't think that we identify as Disney adults, but I do love like so many of these movies. Of you course, know, yeah. I mean, they're they're just you so know, many of them are good. Yeah. Because I think as movie fans, you have to recognize like a lot of these Disney movies, like these old the older versions, are just really fucking good movies, right? But yeah, I mean, like these movies are made for fans to enjoy. And also to pick apart and to fight with each other about. And all that creates more Twitter content for Disney, you know, to mm -hmm. promote the new movie. And so it's, yeah, it's just, you know, we don't, there's nothing that can be said that hasn't been exhausted online, yeah. I think. And even what you said, the movie itself is its own commentary. You mm -hmm. know, it's already talking about itself just by existing. Yeah, like it's a comment because it's one thing to remake someone else's movie and to be like that was interesting like i think last year two different pinocchio movies came out right two or three maybe three <laughs> well there was a disney remake right there was, a guillermo, there was guillermo del toro's Toro. which won some academy award right oh, okay i think it it won the um animated feature academy award <clears throat> puss in boots the last wish was robbed <laughs> but that is uh neither here nor there but yeah, when you remake someone else's movie or when you make a different version, you are saying, I can do this in my own way. But because these are all Disney movies remaking Disney movies, they acknowledge that the previous one exists, but they can't say that was shit, you know? Mm -hmm. They can't do a totally different thing because like they have to there has to be character continuity, like the same rules that Disney abided by for the most part. They still abide by, you know, in terms of like, we're not going to do something crazy dark or we're not going to do something um, really violent. I mean, there are there are a few things that they that they do change, but they're also very invested in maintaining small bits of the original story, like side characters mm -hmm. and whatnot that a, another studio or another, you know, creator getting their hands on that story yeah. might feel more at liberty to cut because they're not pandering to their audience. Right, right. Like, if you're making a Beauty and the Beast and you're doing it from scratch, 
you're probably not going to have a Gaston character because it's like that is a just it's a character from this Disney movie, great character, but like you know what is the core of this Beauty and the Beast story, and does it need does it need that specific character? But of course Disney can't do that because he's so identifiable and right. a great character, you know, to the point that like you still see videos on Reddit of people being like, I met Gaston today at Disney World. He was a dick. People <laughs> love meeting him at Disney World. Everybody <laughs> loves it, yeah. I would I would honestly love, if I go to Disney World ever again in my life, I would love to meet Gaston <laughs> and just have him shit talk me. Yeah. I think that would be hilarious. But yeah, I mean, they're, they're remaking their own movies, so yeah. that is that kind of speaks for itself. Well, let's just define clearly what the movies are. Mm-hmm. And by that we mean, why do they exist? And the obvious answer is they are cashing in on nostalgia. Disney yeah. is a business. They want to make money. They're very good at making money. And, I mean, everything you're talking about, how just creating the movie keeps them relevant. Mm-hmm. And relevance will bring bring in the cash. It's clearly the, the main purpose, which is a little disappointing to think about because... Some of these movies I have gotten excited about, you know, getting to see a different take or a, a live version of. Yeah, or, I mean, I think uh, we're like the only people in the world that didn't see the Lion King remake. Yeah. But allegedly, and I mean, from what I could tell, it looked amazing, you know, and it was something that I think most people haven't seen anything like that, you know, and that is that is cool, like that they have the money to do something like that, yeah. you know. And I think that part of what you're saying is, um, you know, it's such a common complaint to the point that I hate even to to say anything. But like, oh, Hollywood is out of ideas. All they make is sequels. All they make is remakes and, right. and requels and, and all that stuff. And I, like, it's annoying to even hear it out of my own mouth. But it is like, of course it's true, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. of course it's true. And so I think these are just like a part of that and maybe a more, it's more visible and therefore like maybe more annoying mm-hmm. to me that that they're just like blatantly not doing anything new. We're and not going to write new. the repetitiveness of it has made it. Because when Cinderella yeah. came out, that was, that was new, you yeah. know? I mean, yeah, we'd had a couple live actions. We had the Glenn Close 101 Dalmatians. Well, we had Maleficent. I think Did that Maleficent was. Did come out before Cinderella? I think that was the first one. I think that was the first one, but oh, like. Oh, I might have them backwards. But Cinderella was the first you might be right. of yeah, the story. Because Maleficent is like, this is a twist it's on. It's like a fractured fairy tale. Yeah, e- yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think like there was. Some of them do go in that direction. Um, they do. It's kind Cruella, of fun that there's different Maleficent. versions of redoing them. Yeah. Well, there's two main versions, right? There's, um, let's just do the remake and have realistic looking lions in it. (laughs) And there's, uh, let's do a backstory for the bad guy and show that the bad guy is not actually a very bad person. Yes. And that is, if we're defining what these movies are, that's sort of the second part of it, is they will have something in mind that they want to address. And sometimes that is reinventing characters there's a big love of villains um part of that is for their audience they know people already love the bad guys you have to i mean the villains are the most fun characters in a lot of things like Mm -hmm. most iconic star wars villain (laughs) or star wars character is a villain right darth vader no kylo ren 
No. Shut up. <laughs> yes, Dar- Darth Vader. Okay. Yeah, I thought you were saying, oh, is he really a villain? Like, But yeah, I mean, like, I, I think Disney realized our villains are amazing, and they are, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and especially starting in, like, the 90s, they got, you know, great voice actors for all their characters, but especially for the villains. I guess in particular I'm thinking of, like, Jeremy Irons playing Scar. Of course, I was thinking of him, too. Yeah, and, and like, just creating a character that is so memorable and so, like, funny and so hateable and, you know, you want to see him fall into, like, that fire at the end of the movie, (laughs) right? And I think Disney realized a long time ago that they had great villains. And then they started doing all these, uh, you know, all these spinoff like TV shows. And then they did Descendants, which is all All about villains. And I think at some point they were like, well, you can't love our villains and have them be bad guys. Like what? Like that is a weird um, like cognitive dissonance thing for a company like Disney. Right. And so I think that's part of where this is coming from. And that has led to some more complex characterization, which is interesting to see in what is still a kid's movie, even if it's mm-hmm. not animated anymore. That's what these are. Yeah. So. I think Maleficent maybe, is that, I don't know if that's what you were thinking of. Maleficent, I think, I think the big two here are Maleficent and Cruella. And I think with Maleficent, they really saw Of that into, category. Yeah. Of that category. Yeah. Yeah. Maleficent really sunk its teeth into that challenge Mm -hmm. because Maleficent still does bad things, but we get two things. One, we get to see that she is hurt and there's a reason Mm -hmm. for her to be making poor choices. And then we get character growth as she has her relationship with Aurora. She's still named Aurora in the live action version. Yes, I think so. Um, I think that one more than any others is meant to almost be in the exact same world like they can kind of fit together like you're seeing a different perspective of it yeah um that in sleeping beauty you you see the uh what is it like a a baptism scene and then maleficent crashes it yeah and then in it might not be a baptism but then in uh, maleficent you see it from her perspective but you get all the background of of why she did that so the scene is the same more or less yeah, it's more like filling in the gaps of yes. what you didn't see in the end. Yeah, version. so I think in that sense, they're almost part of the same series in a way that most of these aren't. Right? Yeah, yeah. But to compare that to Cruella, which also gave us a bad guy who now maybe isn't a bad guy. That movie was fun, but <laughs> it, was, it was so sloppily done. And what you're left with is a movie where it's like, oh, okay, so this Cruella is definitely not ever going to make a coat out of 101 right. Dalmatians. right. That's just no longer part of this story. <laughs> and we'll get into specifics later. I think we're gonna we're gonna address this movie by movie. But just uh, in general terms, I think that's part of the issue. Um, is if you want to rehabilitate these villains, I mean, Cruella's a pretty bad person in One Hundred and One Dalmatians. Yeah. Maybe so not. Go for it. Show <laughs> right. us a movie about a really right. bad person. And, and maybe like. That would be fun, but Disney can't have a protagonist that is a bad person, and they just, they can't do that, so then they're in a bind where if they do want to make a movie about one of these iconic villains, they have to rehabilitate them, you know, Mm -hmm. and make them into somehow a misunderstood good person, or in Maleficent's case, I mean, she even kind of falls into that category, she does bad things, but mostly it's because, like you said, she was hurt, right? Yeah. 
And then I think the last thing, which is also an obvious thing that uh, that Disney is trying to do, is they're sort of trying to fix uh, air quote problems in right. these movies. You right, know? amend their mistakes that were in the animated versions. Yeah, and I think, well, what are you thinking about? Well, I know some movies have not come out yet, but I'm going to be excited for Peter Pan, and mm-hmm. that's certainly going to be done mm-hmm. differently. I mean, there's clear racism in the older Disney movies and yeah, just problematic, whether it's gender or whether it's the lack of diverse characters. Yeah. Well, we, we rewatched Peter Pan pretty recently, right? We did. And um, I thought it was still a pretty good movie and like gender dynamics are sort of interesting. I thought that uh, the Lost Boys and uh, the brothers sort of treat Wendy in a specific way because she's a girl, right? Mm -hmm. And I think the movie sort of judges them for that and makes them them look stupid, you know, for for doing that. I think the movie does take Wendy's side. And it's interesting to, like, to watch all of these movies, and this is a trite phrase, but they're all products of their time. Right. Um, But that doesn't mean that they're not interesting in their own ways. You know what I mean? Uh, Yeah, I do know what you mean. Um... Like, I don't find it offensive that Wendy's being treated that way. You know, showing me that this is an unfair situation for a woman to be in, or a girl to be in. And what I like about Peter Pan is that it's very honest about the shittiness of kids. Because mm-hmm. it's like, no, these aren't like precocious, like, adult voices coming from child's bodies. Yeah. What's the thing Peter so Pan says kids. at one point? He's like, uh, everybody... What's, what's, what's going on with you? Everybody else loves me. <laughs> Loves me. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, Wendy. Is that all you have to say? Everyone else thinks I'm wonderful. It's like, yeah, you're. You're just a piece of shit, (laughs) you know? And so, yeah. Like, Peter Pan, I think I didn't realize when I was a kid, but Peter Pan is just all ego. Oh, yeah. Peter Pan sucks. He's just a jerk. (laughs) But I mean, you know, yeah, there there are valuable things watching it, and then it's almost ruined by, uh, you know, things that are unacceptable. Oh, absolutely. You know? Like, you can't write a whole song about your weird thoughts about race. And... This is what makes the red man red. <laughs> yes, if you're unfamiliar with it, it is... All, they give a bunch of... I mean, I think the title just... tells you more or less what you need to know about the song. Yeah, just a bunch of racist takes on Native Americans and skin tone. Yeah. It's pretty, like, appallingly offensive but then there are other things where i think they're also so racism is a big one um i i don't know is there there must be a peter pan movie in the pipeline right oh yeah i think uh racism is a big one in the dumbo movie i think they tried to (laughs) excise some of the racism from that as well um oh is that the movie with the crows i've actually never seen dumbo but yes they're like yes okay I watched it, like, a few, like, three or four years ago. Like, I think right before the pandemic, I watched it. Um, and, yeah, the crows. They're just, like, uh, like cartoonish depictions of black Americans. Yeah. Like, offensive. It's just stereotypical, I would say. And I think I did watch the new Dumbo. Honestly, I do not remember if I watched the new Dumbo. I feel like I did. And I think they tried to cut the racism out of it, but I could not tell you anything about it except that Danny DeVito was in it. 
Um, but I think in, in some of the other movies, like, they wanted to make the characters, the I, I think they wanted to make the female characters more active in the story. I think Jasmine was changed up a little bit to make her more of a, a hero, hmm. you know, maybe second to Aladdin, but... Which is interesting because I think Jasmine in the original cartoon is a pretty empowering female character. Yeah. She does a lot on her own. She speaks up for herself Mm -hmm. in a situation where she's expected to toe the line. Compare her to Merida in Brave, who's in the exact same situation as her. And just complains. (laughs) (laughs) I like Jasmine a lot better. Just complains about it. Aladdin's interesting too because Aladdin was so racist when it came out that mm-hmm. they they made some changes between releasing the cartoon. The one I can think of is in the opening song Arabian Nights. There's a line where they say they'll cut off your hand if they don't like your face, yeah. which is an unacceptable view on Middle Eastern culture, and so they removed it from. Uh, Although, don't they the threaten by now. the guy in the uh, they still market have the scene threatens to cut off Jasmine's hand. For thievery, which is... Right. Not just because they didn't like her. <laughs> but still, yeah. Who wouldn't like her face anyway, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, I think Aladdin probably was was created with more of a, a mindset of let's make sure that we're being... Let's make sure that we're giving a positive representation of this, you know, Middle Eastern culture of no mm-hmm. particular place you know yeah. Agrabah. i mean the cartoon came out when i was pretty young i mean what is it early 90s 93 94 something like that mm-hmm. i feel like for me it made middle eastern culture seem like really cool for like a four or five right. year old who had never been outside of like the dc area you know yeah uh but like yeah i they did they not retcon they edited the movie Immediately, I don't think I saw it in the theaters, so I would have never seen the version with they cut off your hand because they don't like your face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that they did. I think that they did the remake um, more conscious of how we're depicting people and how can we make those depictions positive. Yeah. Yeah, and then also just in general, they're trying to be more inclusive in who the cast is. Which is why, and this will always be one of the things that ignites Twitter, but we have more characters who are being coded as gay or even outright queer characters. Mm-hmm. So, Which is obviously a good thing to be having a more diverse cast, but it's also departing from the source material. Um, it's also... Perhaps just in a pandering sort of way. Well... I don't care about the departure from the source material thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, are you talking about the source material being the original movie or being whatever story it's from? Uh, the original movie. In this case, the original animated film. Are you thinking of Beauty and the Beast? Yes. Yeah, so in Beauty and the Beast, uh, Gaston's friend... Uh, what is his name? Josh Gad. Josh Gad. <laughs> oh, man. I should remember his name. Uh, LeFou. Right? right, Le Fou. Le Fou. That's French for the fool. Mm. Right? Cut that out if I don't if I'm wrong. Yeah, so I don't mind that they're diverting from the original story. What I don't like in the movie I think it's it's good. You know, representation is good. Mm-hmm. I get annoyed because it does seem like Disney like their marketing department uses these moments and these like decisions 
in a, what I think is kind of a cynical way, I think oh. they do bait the internet to talk about these things in a negative way. And then they come out looking more positive because they defend the actors, they defend the, the, the story itself, you know. And they do the same thing with Star Wars, I think, where, I mean, for one thing, I think there was some queer baiting in Star Wars. There's some queer baiting in these Disney movies, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's a lot of headlines that you see that are like, this is the first uh, gay character in a Disney movie. Yeah, and I've seen like, that headline so many times. What about last point? year's yeah. gay character in a Disney movie, you know? They're really good at getting um, attention for that. And, like, that doesn't necessarily speak to the movies themselves, you know? If you're making a movie, you might be involved in how it's marketed. You might not. But for a company like Disney, I, I think they're very shrewd at, at making those work to their effect. And I think the instinct to create more diverse movies is good yes and i can't necessarily fault them for using that to promote their movies but it just it it, some of what they do where they they basically bait the worst parts of the internet into sending a negative tweet you know one person sends a negative tweet and then it's like disney can jump all over it and look like the good guys. Yeah, I, I think I, that. No, I get what you're saying. That it's, that's a very that's a very icky process to me. Yeah, we can't help that society exists, and we can't help that Disney is a company making money. So this being sort of an inevitable relationship between those things, we can just yeah. say it's good that they are being more inclusive. Yeah, <laughs> I would rather have to accept the rest. I would rather they do that. Yeah. Than not <laughs> and, and the rest you know you can you can love it or leave it you know yeah. but it is what it is you're right so let's get into the movies that we have actually seen i think we'd we tried to come up with a list of the ones we're familiar with so we've seen the jungle book aladdin Cru- uh cinderella mm-hmm. maleficent one and two cruella and Beauty and the Beast. And I might have seen Dumbo. Oh, you might have seen Dumbo. Uh, is there one or two of these that you want to share your thoughts about? Uh, well, I think... Cinderella was the first one we saw, right? Mm-hmm. And that was sort of the beginning of the... That was the first straight-up remake. So you're right that they had done the 101 Dalmatians live-action, you know, 25 years ago at this point. Yes, which was a fun, good movie. I guess at that point it was 15 years before that, which now it doesn't seem like to that. to be one of the... Uh... Yeah, he was Jasper, yeah. or Horace, Horace yeah. or Jasper. Um, you know him as Dr. House. I got a sequel. Yeah, 102 donations. Yeah. Yeah, great name. Yeah, I, I mean, but I think uh, in terms of this, it was sort of Maleficent was the villain movie, and then Cinderella was the first, like, let's just do a straight-up remake. Yeah. And I thought it was good. I liked it. I liked it as well, and if I had to watch Cinderella tonight, I would watch would. that one over the yeah. cartoon. I don't love the cartoon. The cartoon is... It, it's uh, it's a little too old. Disney hadn't quite hit its stride yet. 
And so I think it was sort of like a perfect movie for Disney to reboot. And who, so it was directed by Kenneth Benno, right? Oh, was it? Yeah. I didn't know that. Who I think we were talking about. Oh, he did the, uh, he does the Poirot movies. That's mm-hmm. why we've been talking about him on the podcast, right? But I think uh, Cinderella was Lily James. Is that right? Yes, that was her. 2015, Lily James, Cinderella. 2015, that seems really recent. Um, Kate Blanchett is the stepmother. Helena Bonham Carter is the fairy godmother. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so pretty, She's you know, fun. Serious cast, uh, serious director. I, I thought it was a good movie. I yeah. It was, it was very fun. Lily James, I think, is perfect. Yeah, I thought it was it was a good movie. Yeah. Like, there's not much more to really say about it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think this is the rare case where the original movie maybe isn't all that in the bag, you know? Mm-hmm. And they could actually improve it without, like, doing too much. You know what I mean? Like, all these movies are trying... You know, we've talked about this a little bit before, but for the most part, if you make a great movie, those are the movies that people love and rewatch and show to their kids. And then if you're going to remake something, you're like, let's remake something that people love and watch and show to their kids. Mm -hmm. And so you end up remaking good movies, and the movies themselves are shit. The remakes. The remakes, mm-hmm. yeah. And I think Disney kind of suffers from that, right? They're remaking their most famous... that They're trying to play off our nostalgia. What does our nostalgia love? Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, The Lion King. Great movies. And they're going to make slightly worse versions of them. Maybe. I, I will still stand by that. I've enjoyed each of these movies we've seen, even, even Beauty and the Beast. But is it better than the cartoon? No, that one is definitely not better. Well, than the that, well, that's what I'm saying. Like this is, I think the it's almost unique in these that's because Cinderella I think is unique. Yes. Cinderella. There is a lot of nostalgia for it, but maybe, maybe, because it came out at a time when movies sucked, or the original. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or because there's yeah, not that movies sucked, but like. I think maybe it just wasn't that good and created a lot of nostalgia anyway. Well, and I think she's also, she's just one of the original Disney princesses. You know, you can't beat her, Snow White, and Aurora for, you know, being the big three. Yeah, the triumvirate. Sleeping Beauty is a very fun, different type of cartoon to watch. Mm -hmm. Snow White and Cinderella, meh. (laughs) You know? So, Yeah. It was, it was good to remake. And they are going to remake Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. I'm not looking forward to that one. I don't think that'll be great. Do you know... Is that coming out soon? No, I don't I don't think it has any sort of release date announced yet. But it's in the pipeline. All... At this They're point, all, yeah. everything is in the pipeline. You're right, you're right, you're right. No, but I thought it was good. I mean, I don't have anything specific to say about it. If it came out in 2015, we probably watched it in 2016. We've seen it at least twice at this point. Really? Yeah. Oh. Um, well... Seven years ago. Yeah, it's still the same plot. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's a more enjoyable movie to watch. Yeah. A little less of uh, Lucifer chasing the mice around. If you don't recall that Lucifer was the name of the cat, then you need to up your Disney trivia knowledge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's Cinderella. All right, what else? Uh, what else? Well, let's that? compare that to, like, The Jungle Book.
the source material is so good. And by source material, obviously I'm not talking about Rudyard Kipling, I'm talking about the first animated Disney movie of The Jungle mm-hmm. Book. Nor any of the other versions of The Jungle Book that have been made. Keep in mind, two-for-one fans, that we may talk about The Jungle Book live-action version in the future in order to compare it to Mowgli. Are we doing that? It's on our whiteboard. It's on the whiteboard. Okay. <laughs> but the animated Jungle Book is such a good movie. The live-action Jungle Book still a pretty good movie. They manage to be very, very different, though. I mean, they take Colonel Hoffy's elephants, which are so funny in the cartoon, and they turn them into... Well, first of all, there's no one named Colonel Hoffy. And second of all... The elephants don't talk The elephants all. are just this, like... It's a lot like that scene in Lord of the Rings. Hobbits. Where they see elves for the first time, and they're just walking through the forest. And mm-hmm. they're like, oh, where are they going? Oh, they're going to the Undying Lands, or whatever they're called. I forget. And it's like that. It's, it's like, like seeing something too holy to actually yeah, interact. With. Like seeing something supernatural. Yes. And it's not mundane in the way that you can interact with it. Yeah. Right? Um. And so they take something that I really like from the cartoon. They take away everything that I like about it, but they give me something else that is still cool and creates this new vibe of a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm not going to lie, I was pissed about the elephants because... Because you love Colonel Hoffy? I love Colonel Hoffy, right? I was pissed about Baloo. And well, I was, you don't like Bill Murray. So they, I they, realized that I don't like Bill Murray. I grew up thinking I like him, and it turns out I don't. <laughs> You're supposed to like Bill Murray. Well, That's the thing. Sorry. You know, they try to trick you into liking Bill Murray, and... You know you, what else it was? To, they were know? also trying to be accurate. This is some of that retconning. They realized that so many of the animals in the Jungle Book do not actually exist in India. So they decided to make sure that they found a species of bear that actually lives in South Asia. And it's like a honey bear. And it's just an ugly animal. So it's Bill Murray and a really fugly bear. And <laughs> I just hate every moment of Baloo. In the live action version. Yeah. And I also hate who did uh, King Louie? It's uh, Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken. I hate that Christopher Walken teased <laughs> us with starting to sing the song, he but did, then he never uh, actually sings. He sings like, uh, I want to be like you, ooh, 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 instead yeah. of actually singing, <laughs> which I thought was like kind of funny. But, like, he does the whole song, but just doing it like that, or he does like a verse and a, a chorus. He does a couple lines. Yeah. yeah. So, I want to be like you. I want to use that flame just the same as you can do. Oh, how magnificent it would be. A gigantopithecus like me could learn to do like you humans do. Just one thing we need to reach our full potential. Bring me that red flower. It was just like, it was kind of weird because sometimes it would be like, we're going to do this whole song. Sometimes yeah. they would be like, we're not doing it at all. And sometimes they would do like this weird half, half-assed half version yeah. of I Want to Be Like You, you know? And Scarlett Johansson's cover of um, Trust in Ka's me. song. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Oh, I thought you hated that. <laughs> I love the song. I thought you hated her version of it. Maybe I've changed my mind because it's on our Disney villains playlist, uh-huh. and I'm into it. 
Yeah. Yeah, so that's the thing. We do have a, a playlist on Spotify that is just uh, uh, villain villains, theme songs, villain theme songs <laughs> which is fun. You know, we have um, Ursula doing uh, Poor Unfortunate Souls. We have Scar doing uh, Be, prepared. Be Prepared. You know, things like uh, Ka and Trust in Me. This just goes back to our point. We're not Disney adults, but we do like these movies a lot. <laughs> yeah. But just to go back to Bill Murray, um, I think like he he's replacing, not replacing, but he's doing the role that Phil Harris did in the original cartoon. Mm-hmm. And it's so, so good and so funny as Baloo. Yeah. We could have gotten someone good and funny. Why and did we get Bill Murray? I think that it is a, there's a thing, not just in these remakes, but in cartoons in general. Maybe this is the Shrek phenomenon, that you have to just get celebrities to do your voices, and hmm. getting good voice actors isn't enough. You have to get someone that is the most famous person in the world. Yeah, that is know? a very, you said Shrek, that is so DreamWorks's yeah. perspective But on. Disney does that too now, you know? Now, yeah, with these... With like their got, sort of pseudo live action, they got like Beyonce to do the yeah. Nala, right? All of Lion King was exactly the DreamWorks method of yeah. let's get John Oliver to be Zazu. Yeah, it was. And I get that like they already had Scarlett Johansson in the studio, but like Bill Murray, like is that really the right casting? And he just seems so like he was literally phoning it in. You know, like, because mm-hmm. we didn't see him. He could have just been on the phone, been like, what's my line? What's Baloo's line? Oh, yeah, I'm getting the honey. Absolutely. I'm doing, like, is that what he was Between saying? Between that and Maybe the way Baloo was written, like, because Baloo had no interest in helping Mowgli in this live action version. He's Yeah, he was just bored and yeah. He's trying to manipulate there. him into getting honey off the top of the cliff, right? Yeah. If, wow, I have a lot of criticism just pouring out of me about this movie, apparently. No, I liked it. Yeah. You know who was great? The the guy, the kid who played Mowgli was great. Yeah. He was he was just so good. I, and he was great. Wasn't he just in something else? Or am I confusing him with the kid from Mowgli? <laughs> I don't, uh, that kid was good in the, in the Spelling Bee movie. Yeah. I don't remember him being very good in the Jungle Book movie. I remember liking this kid. And they got, uh, Bagheera was... Ben Kingsley, he was good. He and was good. Idris Elba was... So good. Sure. Oh, Khan. now I remember why I liked this movie. Yeah. Yeah. That movie had one of the most intense scenes I've ever seen, and this is not an exaggeration. Like, I don't know if, if you know the story of the Jungle Book. Uh, Mowgli is raised by wolves, right? And at some point... The wolves decide they can't protect him from Shere Khan, who hates Mowgli because he's a human. But Mowgli didn't do anything, but they have to protect Mowgli, right? And in the the live-action remake of The Jungle Book, there's one scene where all of a sudden the wolf parents realize that Shere Khan is, like, telling a story to their kids. And their kids are tiny, and they don't know any better. They don't know to be... They don't know to be scared, you know? Yeah. Like, if you've ever seen in a movie, like, a villain, like, pick up a kid and, like, hold them, the parents are just like, you're not allowed to hold my child, but I can't say anything. Yeah. You just have to hope that they're... They just have total control. Yeah. That happened in um, the new Bond movie, in No Time to Die. Mm-hmm. The villain was holding uh, Madeline's child. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. To have uh, Idris Elba 
do the and he was so good like his voice acting was so good and then there was one point when the the parents call the wolf cubs away and Shere Khan and the last the... yeah the last one to leave is like a little slow to leave and Shere Khan just puts his paw down and prevents the cub from leaving just to show like how little power he needs to exert so scary that was that was <laughs> such a great scene you know that was so good yeah so overall, I think it is a good movie. I think it's a good movie. I, I yeah. liked it. But interesting for how different it is from the cartoon. Yeah. And the cartoon is so good. I think yeah. the cartoon still is better. Yeah. But they're both good. And I continue to enjoy watching different versions of, of The Jungle Book. Yeah, I feel like of all these movies, that one had the most reason to exist, you know? Um, I mean, for one thing, you're right, like, there are so many different versions of the Jungle Book. Uh, there's the one that came out in the 90s with John Cleese and Cersei is the woman. Oh. Do you remember that movie? I didn't. And, uh, Buttercup's boyfriend. What's that guy's name? Wesley? Yeah, Wesley. He was just in, uh, stuff. Anyway, I think this one has the most reason to exist. There were definitely things that are, like, only there because it's a remake of a Disney animated movie, right? But... Mm -hmm. There are new ideas and there are things that are fun, like the way Idris Elba's Shere Khan is so terrifying and just really effective. Really yeah. effective. Arabian night, like Arabian days. They seem to excite, take off and take flight to shock and amaze. Moving on to Aladdin. This might be a hot take because I feel like a lot of people did not like the live action version. But we quite liked it. I think we understood Robin Williams is not going to be in this movie. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. But it's a new movie and you have to be open to that experience. And I feel like this was the movie where the tides really started to turn against live-action Disney movies. Because mm -hmm. I think people realized they didn't want Aladdin redone. They love Aladdin. Right. You know? They, they're not going to make a better Aladdin. Yeah. And they didn't. Which is too bad, because if people had been more open to it, since it was getting made anyway, it's actually a very fun yeah. movie. Will Smith is great. His version of, um, what's Genie's song? Friend Like Me. His version of Friend Like Me is so good. You know? It is good, yeah. Like, and you're having to deal with the fact that this isn't a cartoon world, so, like, magic and whatnot is not going to look the same. It's not going to be as convenient as it is in an animated movie. Yeah. And they do so well with it. But I think what you're saying, like, that kind of speaks to the the fundamental problem that these movies have, where the better the original movie was... They're remaking movies based on how popular they were. Mm -hmm. And popularity and quality aren't necessarily, like, one-to-one. -one, but it, there is a correlation there. You know, people aren't going to, for the most part, like some shit, you know? People love Aladdin because Aladdin's a great movie. Then they remake Aladdin because people love it. The remake isn't as good as the original. Like, who could have seen that coming, <laughs> you know? But that's the problem that these have is they're, they're almost like inviting their own backlash in a way. 
And I mean, we liked it. It was good. Yeah. I don't think it was better than the original. No. I think the same test I gave to Cinderella, which one would I watch tonight? Actually, it'd be a tough call with Aladdin. Well, it'd be a tough call for me because I've seen the cartoon so many times and I mm-hmm. haven't seen the live action one. And it's it's Guy Ritchie, right? That did it? Yeah. We love Guy Ritchie. Love Guy Ritchie. And I don't think he quite uses all of his talents to full effect in this movie. Mm-mm. But there are parts of it that I think uh, are done in a certain style that is appealing and that is something like that you haven't seen. Like I'm thinking of like the big dance numbers like uh, Prince Ali. It's just like it has like this certain like visual look like it almost looks uh, it does look like kind of like a play. You know? It does look like a play, doesn't it? I yeah. feel like there was some yeah aspect to that movie that felt like they were just were putting on a performance for yeah. us, the audience. And I like that about it. Mm-hmm. It is just a, a movie for entertainment. And yeah. maybe that's what put other people off to it. But And we got so excited about it that we looked it up and Aladdin, the show, was playing in DC. Yes. Like less we than a month later. The, and we went and saw the show. The theater. And the I theater think show. there were, you know, they had obviously changed things from the cartoon to the show. And then they didn't, it wasn't a direct ad- adaptation of the show. But I, I think there were like influences there. And especially the way that they did the genie where, you know, we, we're not doing Robin Williams, right? Right. And especially in the play, they can't do movie magic. You know, yeah. like you said, it's not a cartoon. They, it's, you can't do literal magic on stage. But like they did a like a 10 minute version of Friend Like Me on stage. Yeah. That is just fucking amazing, it's you know? so good. And, like, the performer of the genie is just, like, dying at the end <laughs> of the scene because he's out of breath because he's just done... He's killed it. He's he done more so activity well. in the last ten minutes than I've done in, like, a week, you know? Yeah, Guy Ritchie the, brought some of that energy. I think the Broadway Aladdin absolutely influenced the live-action yeah. Aladdin. Yeah. And might be part of the, the play-like feel that it yeah, has. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. That, like, it seemed like there was a big emphasis on, um, like, the choreography and mm-hmm. the the sets almost were meant to feel not quite real, you know? Yeah. Like, they were kind of meant to feel like sets. Yeah, they definitely did. I, I mean, I thought it was good, you know? I, it, it made us want to go see the play, you know? We bought the... Uh, we bought the Blu-ray version of uh, the live action. Yeah. So we could go watch it tonight we could, if we want. We could watch it right now. <laughs> All right, we just watched uh, Aladdin on Blu-ray. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, so that was good. No, I, I thought that was good. Uh, I don't think it had anything to say. I, I think it was... It I was think Guy Ritchie had fun wanted with it. to make sure, like you're talking about the choreography. Yeah. You know, I'm saying this without having verified it. But my assumption would be that they made sure to actually look up, like, dance moves and styles of the Middle East to incorporate mm-hmm. those those into those big numbers that they ended up having. And probably the outfits as well. Except for Will Smith's big turban, which is a joke that maybe I'm the only person who found funny. But I thought Will Smith was really funny as the genie. Yeah, I think he was all right. He was He was okay. He, you know... 
Yeah, nobody's going to be as good as Robin Williams, but, of course but they're it's, not. It's, it's too late, you know? You know? It yeah. is what it is. But yeah, I, I just didn't think it had... It didn't really justify its existence. So in that sense, it's not... Absolutely, that makes sense. It's not, uh, it's not on the same level as The Jungle Book, where I think it made some effort to justify its existence. Yeah. It do- you're not really justifying the existence of a movie simply by saying, well, there are things about the last movie that we wish we could take back. And that's basically the justification for all these. I think that could be a good enough justification if it's this... Again, I'm thinking about Peter Pan. This movie is so special. This story is so special. But it was done in a way that, like, we can't justify going back and keeping to watch... Continuing to watch this Like, we can't, movie. we can't redeem it just by cutting out what makes the red man red. Yeah, exactly. It's better to just redo it. Yeah. But at the same time, that's, like, one of the most remade movies of all time. I mean, they, they've they made so many versions of Peter Pan, even in the last 15 or 20 years, you know? We should add it to the whiteboard. should put it on the whiteboard. But, like, we're not going to watch all these movies. I but I'm just saying that, like... Now. If Disney doesn't have anything more to say other than, like, our version was perfect, except for the racism, Mm -hmm. then I don't think that's a good enough reason. You know, maybe they'll prove me wrong, but I don't think that's a a good enough reason to to make the movie. Because we have five other versions just from the last 20 years that might have something actually to say. down our list Beauty and the Beast I'm realizing now that we have accidentally been going through this list in order of quality so we're <laughs> getting to well, we the were, bottom of the barrel here <laughs> we were trying to go through chronologically mm. uh, ah. but we might have fucked that up uh, well it could be they've gotten worse as time has gone on you know that like they Cinderella, certainly feel like they've gotten lazier yeah if the core idea here is there was a problem and we're fixing it, that idea is not an interesting idea anymore. Well, what did you think about Beauty and the Beast? It was aggressively mediocre. Yeah. I mean, what what were the... I, I will, there was one amazing scene. Maybe. What scene are you thinking of? What are you thinking of? Uh, there was a new song. There's a new song. song There was a whole new subplot about Belle's dad. Someone... It was Belle's dad. No, no, no. Well, yeah, no. Oh, we have not gone back and watched this movie. And now I'm curious to go back and try and be like, is it as bad as I thought it was? Well... But I'm trying to remember, I think after the Beast turns back into the prince, he sings a song and he, like, runs to the top of the tower and there's that big, like... Like, there's a great moment, and I liked it. Good golly gosh, I do not remember. What did you think was a great scene in Beauty and the Beast? I thought the great scene was uh, Gaston in the bar. Um, (gasps) Yes! Yes, 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 yes. Very similar to Will Smith's uh, Friend Like Me. Yeah. The Gaston song in the live-action version, they're like, how can we make this song better? Let's just, like amp it up to a thousand yeah Yeah. 
It's What's longer, it it's bigger. It's just Gaston song. It was Luke Evans playing um, Gaston, and he was, I don't think it took like a great actor mm-hmm. to uh, to do this role in the way that Disney wanted this to go. Or I mean, maybe he went his own direction with it, and it turned out great. But it's yeah. a silly character. It's uh, He's basically the villain of the movie. Mm-hmm. Again, this is Disney sort of recognizing our villains are a big part of what makes us fun and Gaston is very fun and he has a big performance song and it was it was really it was that was the best part of the movie I thought yeah and I remember I think now I haven't experienced the desire to go back and watch it but at the time I was like that was worth it just for that just for Gaston's song yeah I didn't regret seeing the movie but I was sad that it wasn't better yeah yeah, and Emma Watson was fine, right? Emma Watson was fine. You know she what? She would have been better. It like you're talking about Luke Evans as Gaston, and I'm like, yeah, this is like a silly, funny movie. And then I'm thinking about Emma Watson as Belle, and they added in all that stuff about her father, and I'm like, yeah, it's sort of like a serious, somber take on Beauty and the Beast. So I think just tonally, it didn't find what it was doing. <laughs> and that's a problem with a lot of these movies mm. is. Like, even with the Aladdin movie, I think tonally, it's kind of all over the place, you know? Yeah. And they're, I'll agree. They're supposed to be fun, and they're, they're adaptations of cartoons, right? Mm-hmm. And cartoons are fun. But these movies, again, trying to justify their existence, have to bring in, like, something that they think they're trying to say. At best, they're trying to do that. You know, at worst, they have nothing to say, and that's just as bad right yeah it didn't have a great amount to say i think they wanted to make uh bell a somewhat more interesting character yeah but they did it in the stupidest way i didn't really understand because like bell was already smart and then they were like we're gonna make emma watson like also an inventor like her dad right she invented like a washing machine do you remember that oh i don't remember i don't know they i i feel like they were trying to they were trying to make her more interesting by just making her more bellish, but it was never. We already got who Belle was in the cartoon, so I don't. I don't know what that really added. Hmm. You know. Uh, any other thoughts on Beauty and the Beast? Nope. All right. Well, I mean, I think that's all the ones that we've seen, right? Yeah. I mean, we've gone over more earlier. We talked about Maleficent and Cruella. Uh, we did watch the second Maleficent. Well, I will say. Okay. I will say about Cruella that, yes, like, Cruella. Cruella is one of the stupidest things I've ever seen. Not that it was a terrible movie. That's so stupid. But the the plot of Cruella... So the plot of 101 Dalmatians is that Dalmatians have puppies. Cruella comes in, wants to skin the puppies to create a fur coat. That's the whole plot. Like, that's it, right? Yeah. And then the puppies escape, right? Yeah, the the puppies, there's, like, the seven whole movie, or eight of them. They go, and it turns out that there's a hundred and well, ninety nine puppies that she's gonna skin, and yeah. so it becomes a whole bunch of puppies escaping together. But the whole movie is the puppies running away from Cruella, who wants to skin them to create a fur coat. Pretty much, yeah. That's the entire movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. 
Uh, and then Cruella is like, we have this great villain. She's she's wearing fur coats. She's smoking cigarettes. Both no-nos for Disney movies now, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you can't do that. And uh, the whole premise of this movie is that she's skinning puppies. And they're like, how can we do Cruella without the skinning of the puppies? And it's so stupid. So they have the villain of Cruella is the real puppy skinner, right? She's like the real bad guy. And she killed Cruella's mom. And oh, yeah. this woman's dogs killed Cruella's mom. And she then tried to kill Cruella's dog. And it's just like, it's so fucking absurd the links they go to to like try to rehabilitate this character that it like is was, not it felt like they were bending over backwards and i'm like this whole convoluted story must be to get us to the justification for cruella having decided to skin 99 puppies but then it's like no that's just not at all what cruella mm-hmm. does we've just given you a super convoluted story for no reason because we could have just named someone Cruella, given her black and white hair, and made the story whatever the fuck we wanted it to be, because it was never going to be 101 Dalmatians. Right. I think at its best, it could have been the Joker movie, which is already... We were just talking about that earlier. Like, that movie's already, like, it's fine. Yeah. That movie doesn't have anything super interesting to say, you know? Yeah. Um... But, like, at its best, it was that. But they couldn't let Cruella be the Joker because the Joker is a bad guy. And the Joker is basically a remake of Taxi Driver, you know? That's, like, a pretty well-known comparison for that movie. Which is watching a horrible person, like, descend into, like, being able to do horrific things, you know? We could have watched Cruella do that. But not in a Disney movie. Yeah. And so, if you're not going to do that, why even bother making the movie? And it, it was so frustrating because there were, like, hints of it, you know? Like, for a second, you think that she's that they're going to do it. Yeah. You know? They have the perfect song for it, too. Yeah, there's a great scene where she kidnaps uh, her nemesis's Dalmatians and then comes out at, like, a... Uh, on stage at a park, she's doing, like, these pop-up fashion shows. And she comes out wearing a fur coat with Dalmatian fur. And you're like, shit, she just skinned those dogs. And then she's like, no, nah, that was fake fur. And it's like, oh, okay. So it's just like there's no edge to the movie at all, you yeah. know? But, yeah, she comes out to, uh, I want to be your dog, right? Yeah. Now so I want to be your dog. dog. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a great song. And yeah. I was like... In that moment, I was, like, riveted. I was yeah. like, did did they really do it? Did they really just do that? Because I was like, damn. But the, then they just were like, no, we didn't really do it. I mean, keeping the idea of fashion being central to Cruella's character, I think the movie has so much fun with the outfits. I mean, she's got yeah. the, the garbage truck yeah. dress. Um, yeah, there's... The moths. That, a, that was brilliant. There's, like, a whole montage of them, like, basically, like, pranking each other, but, like, using fashion. Yeah. And that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's very cool. It, it reminded me more... It's been ages since I've seen the, the Glenn Close 101 Dalmatians, but that one had more to do with 
fashion industry as well, too, right? Isn't that Anita knows Glenn Close because... Anita knows Cruella because she's, like, interning at a fashion thing? I don't... I don't know. Well, in any case, sometimes it is just about the aesthetic. And in the case of Cruella, if we're looking for a justification for this movie existing... Yeah. I mean, they checked all the boxes Cool there, aesthetic. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's set in the 70s, which is after the cartoon was released, so... It's not in the same series, but it's set in, yeah, 70s London, uh, kind of in the fashion world, and grungy punk songs. Yeah. Not grungy, because that's its own genre. An amazing Florence and the Machine original. Oh, yeah. Great song. Yeah, great song. The The final, um, yeah, the, the credit song is uh, Florence covering the Cruella de Vil song, which is also on our Disney playlist. Well, we it's, have... a, it's a new original about her, right? Well, it, it interpolates the... Uh, Ah, that's the right, that's Cruella right, yes. de Vil. Uh, Cruella de Vil, Cruella yes. de Vil. Which isn't like a song, it's just like a kind of a musical theme that Roger invents in the first mm-hmm. movie, because it's not really a musical. Cruella de Vil, Cruella de Vil, she's born to be bad, so run for the hills. Cruella yeah, that's such a good song. I was like, I don't even love Florence. And I was like, she needs to do a Bond theme. I love Florence. You do. She does need to do a Bond theme. But, like, that was a Bond theme that she should have done. (laughs) Instead of wasting her time with that stupid Dalmatians movie. Yeah. What, you don't think? She could have... They could have gotten rid of fucking, uh, what's her name? Billie Eilish. And given Florence no time to die. Oh, don't even say that, David. I wish that had happened. What are you talking about? Of course we wish that had happened. Billie Eilish would have fit great with the Cruella nonsense, and Florence could have done an actual good Oh, you want to swap them? Yeah. Wow. Well, now I'm just annoyed. All right, what was our final topic? I think Florence should have done them both. Billie Eilish. I love (laughs) Billie Eilish. No, I love Billie Eilish. such shade to Billie Eilish. No, 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 no. no, We just really don't like her Bond song. Well, I... Yeah. Uh, All right, our final topic was, since we're obviously going to continue watching these movies, is there any Disney movie that you want to have remade as a live action or that you're looking forward to seeing them do? And I think, honestly, Nick's that second half of the question because we already know Disney's going to fumble it. They're They're just phoning it in. So if they were really passionately going for it and Disney rules were out the window, what Disney movie would you love to see? I've got the most scathingly brilliant idea. All of these movies are sort of towing a line of being homages to whatever they're remaking, but also explicit, like, they want to call attention to the things that they're fixing, right? Mm Mm-hmm. But they're not just totally ignoring the movie. You know, like the Guillermo del Toro Pinocchio movie could just ignore the Disney movies because it has nothing to do with them. It's or how Mowgli ignored exactly. the Jungle Book. Yeah. Exactly. They're telling their own stories. We don't have to address this, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think fundamentally the reason we don't want to do individual podcast episodes about these movies is because they're already commentaries on themselves, Right. Like, the Jungle Book movie is a commentary on the Jungle Book, blah, 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 blah. That being said, the line that we want to walk here is, what could we do that Disney wouldn't necessarily do, but is still trading on the Disney IP? 
Like they're using the Disney versions of the characters. Yeah. Right. I'm totally on board. Yeah. Yeah. So my idea. Let me hear it. You remember Maleficent? Yeah. You remember Cruella? Yes. Have you heard of um, PJ? I have heard of PJ. Would you like to tell our listeners who PJ is? Well, PJ is Prince John, but... Uh, PJ, I like that. You know I do. You know I do. <laughs> you took the words right out of my mouth, PJ. PJ, I like that. You know I do. Hiss, put it on my luggage. Little John calls Prince John PJ. Mm-hmm. Like, and that really flatters him. And so my idea was like, oh, like, you know, we're going back to the origin. You know, what is like this villain's motivation? What's their, what's their story? You know, like Maleficent or like so Cruella. So this is actually a historical figure. I know. <laughs> well, that's, and there are a million Robin Hood movies, right. more so than even Peter Pan probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Uh, we have the Taron Egerton or whatever the fucking that guy's name is. So tell me your, your pitch for PJ. My pitch for PJ is I want the origin story. How did we get to the point where Robin Hood is a necessity? Are you talking about him growing up with King Richard and like living in Richard's shadow or more Richard is gone, PJ is... I want mostly that the latter. Mm. That Richard is gone and PJ is sort of coming to power, right? And He's still a lion. There's still lions. Yeah, I think okay. it should be photorealistic, like the Lion King. Gotcha. But with different animals. You know they are going to redo Robin Hood. Yeah, but it's not going to be as good as this. So it's photorealistic, lions, foxes, what do we got, hippos, rhinos, whatever, right? Uh-huh. Sir Hiss. Of course, Sir Hiss. But it's like it's like a Shakespearean play. Mm-hmm. It's like this, it's like this, uh, this rise to power story like Macbeth or... Um, you know, even like Scarface or something like that, where you see the person that PJ was just slowly shrinking and like becoming this cruel, like evil being, like this mm. pure evil. Like at the end of the movie, I- I'm imagining like the final shot is like the throne room, uh, which we see a lot in-, in Robin Hood. But like finally we see it, we're there. And then you finally hear the, uh, the full version of... Uh, Prince John's March, right? Do 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 do, which we won't, we haven't really heard in the whole movie. We hear it in like snippets, mm. right? Mm-hmm. You know, like tiny pieces or something. Like in Casino Royale, you never hear the James Bond theme until he becomes the real James Bond that we know at the end of the movie. So we see PJ becoming the Prince John that we know at the end of the movie. And then I thought of two ideas. Okay, one, it ends. And you see him just like, he's sitting on his throne, he's like snarling like a lion, you know? And mm-hmm. he says, double the taxes. <laughs> and then we cut to black. Mm-hmm. Or like, we see Hiss hand him, I don't know if Hiss is capable of handing anybody anything, but somehow he'll do it. A poster, like a wanted poster. But we don't see what's on the other side of it. Like in the end of the Batman Begins. And we just see, like, we end on, like, Prince John's face as, like, he's processing what's on this wanted poster. But we know what's on the wanted poster, and we know what's going to happen, but he doesn't know. Movie ends, and then everybody leaves, and we're just like, what the fuck did we just watch? Were those real lions? Like, that was insane, right? Think about, like, the buzz. You don't like this idea? That is a fucking amazing movie. But that's a movie that only Disney could make because those are Disney characters. Yep. (laughs) 
You don't like that movie? Uh, I gotta say, the double the taxes ending. That's better. That's better than the wanted poster. Ending. You don't like the the Batman Begins? Batman Begins is ending works because everything's right there you know we've had a nice well-rounded story with the bad guys of batman begins and we're ready for the joker and it shows the joker anyhow what you're saying with the wanted poster is that we would not have had robin hood at all in this movie but we but there was no joker in batman begins all right forget about batman begins uh-huh i don't think the pj movie would be good without robin hood no no no, no. what I don't think it would be. Because either you would need to come up with some other character which we could for do. Prince John to be up against, yes. which no one's going to care about because that character will have just been created for this movie. Which is the entire premise of these movies, but go ahead. Or you'll, you just need to insert Robin Hood in there. You know, it's like how the Gotham TV show couldn't help itself from introducing Batman villains. And having Gordon deal with them. Mm-hmm. Because that's all we actually want to see. We're enjoying watching Gotham, but we really only want to see the villains. You know? I don't know if that's true, because I think if you could if you could take what makes uh, a great villain origin story and actually do it, forget that Disney is actually doing it and they're going to not do this, right? If you could take Macbeth and do that, like, you don't... Nobody knows who the... I mean, Macbeth is sort of an anti-hero, right? Macbeth is a bad guy. But nobody knows who his nemesis is. It's Macduff. Okay, we know. (laughs) We know that it's Macduff, okay? (laughs) How serious are you about this PJ movie? So I was talking to my brother about this. like, So you know the end of um, The Godfather, right? I actually don't. I've never seen it. You know, whatever. So Michael starts out, he's a World War II veteran, right? And he comes home, his uh, his family, it's a mafia family in New York, right? And he's like, I just fought in this war. I'm coming home. I'm coming back to start my life. I don't want anything to do with my, my mafia family, right? But then he gets drawn into it slowly because that's the plot of the movie. And then at the end of the movie, he becomes the godfather and he becomes like the person holding the family together and he's he's become everything that he didn't want to become and i want that to be i want that to be pj like just seeing that art you're having this happen this is not a a comedy animal humor it'll be hard to pin down the tone and uh we're gonna leave the audiences confused and the critics dumbstruck i think it's gonna i think that would be fucking amazing like, watch it, and it's like, oh, that was, that was some real shit. But it should also just be fun to watch, you know? It should be, like, fucking lions doing, like, some crazy lion shit. Uh, yep. All right, what's your idea? All right, well, I haven't, like, reinvented a character for mine. Again, I mean, There's I no think it's fun when... All right, well, I've already shared that Peter Pan is just... That's one that I'm looking forward to. Neverland is such a cool place. And Neverland's been done in, I mean, as you've said, many different movies. You've got Hook, their version of where the uh, the Lost Boys hang out. Like, you wanted to be there as a kid I when know. you were watching that movie. Even, I didn't see the movie until, like, five years ago. And I was like, I would have loved this movie as a kid. Yeah. Because of that. It's just so cool. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't love it as an adult, but I knew that I would have loved it as a kid. Yeah. And, I, you know, I don't want Hook 
but like again, I'm not trying to do some villain centric movie like your PJ. Uh, I just want I want a good Peter Pan, and I want them to explore more of what is out there in Neverland. And so, yes, I I'm always going to be here for more versions of Peter Pan, and I'll probably continue to be disappointed by a lot of them. But I think Neverland is a place with such potential because it can literally be anything, you know, and it's all about just escaping the the terror that is adolescence and just feeling like you can pause for a moment and just experience life without the, the dread of what might be coming next, you know. Do you think that kids don't want to grow up or do you think that, I feel like it's the opposite, like kids want to not be kids, like everything that kids hate about being kids, they think that they're going to solve by growing up. Now as an adult, Peter Pan is a fantasy right Mm -hmm. but as a kid like kids aren't aren't like that kids want to grow up kids want to like become adults and be able to do what they want am i misunderstanding the way that every child thinks (laughs) no i think you're definitely you're you've got a point that for a lot of kids i mean part of being a kid is not having freedom to do what you want because you don't got money that's all of it people are telling you what to do And I think that's another way of interpreting Neverland, is that that is gone as well. Mm -hmm. You can just be a kid. So it's like an adult fantasy. No. What I'm saying is it's like a a kid's fantasy to live your life as a kid without adults telling you what to do Mm -hmm. and just being free to do what you want. It's like a kid's vision of what being an adult is. Yeah. Honestly, I think that, yeah, yeah. And I think that's a good uh, point to make that I think because... Peter Pan was written by adults and consumed mostly by adults. Like, we view it as, oh, I never want to grow up. But really, it's, I want freedom, you know, to just mm-hmm. do. But those adults had initially been kids. No, never, David. The other movie that I would love to see as a live action is Atlantis. What a cool place. I mean, so much... A lot of this is going to be similar to my reasonings around Peter Pan, which is just this place is so cool. And I think that is something where live action excels, is creating a set, creating a place that you can imagine yourself walking around in. And I want to see a Neverland I can walk around in. I want to see an Atlantis that I can fly around on that crazy little robotic airplane thing they have. Or Agrabah. Right. Yeah, but the beast forget castle. it. They already did know. Those places aren't as interesting. Or England. Atlantis is just such a cool place. You know, I think there's a lot of people who would say Atlantis didn't get the love that it deserved. You know, sure, fine. I agree with that. The cast of characters is great. And you could recreate those and people wouldn't know who they are because people aren't as familiar with the source material as they are mm-hmm. with Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast, you know, and whatever. And that's too bad because the cartoon's great. But for me, the main reason I want to see Atlantis is because I want to see that place, you know? And I think that is a reason to create a live-action movie, is to take a magical place that is not of this earth, you know, Mm. and show it to us. Isn't that something that cartoons are better at, though? No, I think the difference here is that with a cartoon, it's always going to have that degree of separation. Of like, I am not a cartoon. I can't be there. But no, you never have that wow. You know, like when we were watching Gaston's song. 
we got like a wow moment. Yeah. That exactly. you can get in live action. But getting that, that from an actual place. I would compare it to like the Avatar movies. So much of that is being visually You hate stunned. the Avatar movies. I do hate the Avatar movies. But so much of the reason why they exist is because they are so visually stunning. Mm-hmm. And I want Atlantis to show me that. You know. So I want to see that. I have one final point mm-hmm. about Disney movies that I would like to see recreated. The live action movies have kind of killed the discussion around Broadway versions of Disney movies, mm. which I think is okay because I don't think every Disney movie needs to be a Broadway movie. Yeah, and like I keep seeing ads for Broadway shows that are like, Broadway is the Little Mermaid. I'm like, what? Yeah, I don't want to see that. I don't want to see. Or Disney's the Little Mermaid. Yeah. yeah. But that being said, the Broadway Lion King blew my mind the first time I saw it. Mm. I, like, oh my goodness, you come back from intermission and there's a a Broadway song one by one that's not in the movie. And the birds just flying overhead. Oh my God, so good. And I think that there is something that Broadway can do that movies can't. Mm -hmm. And I think one movie that is well-deserving of a Broadway show is Encanto. I know we haven't been talking a lot about the recent Disney movies, Mm -hmm. but, you know, you and I still watch them and enjoy them. Um, I mean, I loved Frozen, loved Moana. Encanto has such amazing music, and it's just such a gorgeous movie. I can't wait until they turn it into a Broadway play, because they absolutely need to. Yeah, I mean, it takes place... Yeah, I think that would be a great play because it takes place all in one house, essentially. But then there's another world to the house, you know, that like through every door there's something magical, right? And I think that could look, I think they could do a good job. Oh yeah, the stage magic. Yeah. like so good. Yeah. I want to do a last one. Another one that you want to see as a live action? Okay. Very different. This isn't as well planned out as PJ, which mm, I think PJ is, was so well planned out. Like, PJ, the script is basically ready. Like, <laughs> Disney should call me up. Uh, but The Black Cauldron. Great answer. Similar to Atlantis, where I think it's yeah. just not a very well-known movie, exactly. but would, would be... It's, like, ripe for being remade yeah. because of that. And I think because... Uh, well, so The Black Cauldron is based on a, a book series. You know, children's... Lloyd Alexander. Yes. Thank you. Children's book series by Lloyd Alexander. I think it's based on the first two books. And Disney spent a fuck ton of money doing it, and it's not oh, bad. Really? Yeah, like it was a it was a huge production. Um, was it a a failure for them in terms of yeah how much they made off of it? Wow. Yeah, they it was it was a huge failure. So I think it came out in the early eighties, like eighty three, eighty four, something like that. Mm-hmm. And that was like in their period between you know, those 60s and early 70s classics, which even in the 70s and late 60s, they were kind of, like, cutting down the um, production costs on those. But then from, like, the 70s to the 80s, they didn't have a ton of hits. And, you know, then the the new golden age is Little Mermaid, 89, Lion King, Aladdin, Mulan, all those, right? The age we lived through. Exactly. What a great childhood. No, but I mean, it's not just us. Like, that's, mm-hmm. I think most people consider that, like, Disney's, you know, Disney's Renaissance period. Like, that's yeah, what, yeah, yeah. No, it was great. But yeah, Black Cauldron came out, I think, in the early 80s. They wasted a fuck ton of money on it. It's not a bad movie. I think it looks very 80s. You know, the it look does. of it is yeah. not, 
something that appeals to me. Yeah, no, it's turned me off from ever watching it. Yeah. I might have seen it as a kid, but I don't remember. Like we're saying, you know, all these movies, the conundrum is that they're very popular because they're good and because they're popular, they remake them. So this is something a disappointment because people want yeah. what is popular. <laughs> this is something that I think the books are not very popular, but they're still somewhat read. Mm-hmm. You know, the movie exists. I think there are, you know, there is probably a hardcore group of fans that would be interested in this. But beyond that, there's no way that they make a, a movie that is not as good or close to as good or potentially better than this, right? I I don't know if I love the Black Cauldron story. I think it, so it's based on like Welsh mythology. You know, it's not for everybody. It's actually for very few people. All right, well, good choice. Good yeah. choice. So we got PJ, we got Peter Pan. Look, let me let me place a marker down now, okay? Their Robin Hood movie A it's not going to be as good as the cartoon. B, it's not going to be as good as even the next best Robin Hood. It's not going to be the best live action Robin Hood. Certainly not. And C, it's not going to be as good as the movie that I just laid out. (laughs) You're right. Right? PJ. PJ. But see, already you're like confused because you're like, well, PJ is like a jokey nickname, but this sounds like a very serious movie. I'm like, yeah. Oh, Nutsy. Nutsy's going to be Pete Davidson. (laughs) Alright, well, I hope you enjoyed our overview of what live-action Disney movies we have seen. If you've seen all the ones we haven't seen and haven't seen the ones we've discussed, I'm sorry that uh, it was like a riddle. those weren't the ones we were talking about, because we can only talk about what we've actually seen. Uh, you know, maybe in the future there might be one where we're like, we really do want to discuss it, but no, I think this podcast, we're not... We're not going to be treading into the Disney remake territory. And thank you for listening to our uh, hour-long discussion of why we don't want to discuss the thing that we're discussing right (laughs) now. We really appreciate it. Uh, I've been David. And Claire. Thank you for listening. She's born to be bad, so run for the hills. to be nice who wants to be tame all of your good guys they all seem the same original criminal dressed to kill just call me Cruella de Vil call me crazy call me insane but you're stuck in the past and I'm ahead of the game a life lived in just seems a waste and the devil has much better taste and I try to be sweet I try to be kind but I feel much better